Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. I feel like I can do anything. I've had uncountable numbers of brainstorms and ideas, starts, and failures, good and bad, you know, you learn from all of them. But this is the one time that I've developed something, decided that I was gonna do it and executed 100%. Hi, this is David Gerber. And in this episode, I, along with one of our coaches, Joseph Thompson, interviewed Travis Ferentz, a Grammy nominated recording engineer and mixer, as well as the creator and host of the podcast, Progressions, Success in the Music Industry. Travis has been coached by both myself and Joseph at different points in his career. And in this episode, we discuss what it's like to work with different coaches, soul line versus goal line coaching, and how to land your dream clients when you don't even know the first step. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. It's David Gerber. I'm a partner at Novus Global, and I'm here with Travis Ferentz. Say hi, Travis. Hey, how's it going? Travis is a Grammy-nominated recording engineer in Los Angeles, and he's also a podcast host. And he's had the uh, the honor of working with Artists like Imagine Dragons, Ariana Grande, Bush, Atlas Genius, and Skylar Gray. And the name of his podcast is Progressions, Success in the Music Industry. Um, and then I also got with me Joseph Thompson. Say hello, Joseph. Hello. So there's been a unique context here where I actually coached Travis and he uh, was so disgruntled with the coaching that he asked for a different coach. And so I, I handed him off to Joseph. <laughs> um, uh, just kidding. We had, we had a great time together. And so I coached Travis for six months. Um, he took a break and then um, was interested in coaching some more. And I introduced him to Joseph and Joseph has been coaching him as well. And so there'll be a fun conversation here about how that all developed. Um, so let's start off uh, a bit chronologically, Travis, for you. So I remember when we first engaged way back when, gosh, it's been probably two, three years now with COVID, we all forget what time is. But um, <laughs> I'd love to talk about how you came to the decision to work with me at first. And then I'll ask you again about how you decided to work with Joseph. Um, but what was that process like? I remember some of that with the details and I can fill in some of that as well, potentially. But what was that like? You know, coaching is an investment of your time, your energy and your finances. And so what was that process like for you as you thought through that and, and what, what caused you to make the leap? Well, it started with my, uh, at the time, soon to be fiance, now wife, who had worked with you in the past. Yep. And I think I think she had recommended a client to you, and you you emailed her back, and you were like, "Hey, you know, uh, I'd, I'd love to give you an hour of my time as a thanks or or whatever." Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you still do that. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, you do. Otherwise, I just told everybody that you did. She then said to me, "Like, hey, this is something I did. I thought it was really great. You should try it." I knew nothing. I was basically not interested, to be honest. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the thing is you need someone to like to open this world up to you. And then once you get in there, you're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I took that hour with you. I think the thing that like blew my mind just like right out of the gate, I don't know, maybe we were like 10, 15 minutes in. You were asking, you know, like what is, I don't remember exactly, but basically like what's a 10 out of 10 yeah. life? look like for you. Yep. And you know, I sat there for a little while thinking about it and I had an answer that I felt really good about. Yep. And then then the next thing you said to me was basically, you know, okay, so let's make that a 2. So what's the new 10? And I was just like, "Whoa. I have absolutely no clue what, how I would even answer that question because I was so confident that I nailed my first 10." Yeah. 
And uh, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. You know, my, my wife, we both work for ourselves. And she had a lot of things in her life really figured out. Yeah. Just really under control. And it was a lot of the things that I was fighting with. Yeah. You know, balance stuff and uh, advancement stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Let's do this. And that's that, that, was, my, that was my in. I love it. What was... Um, I'm intrigued because I'm sure there's a lot of people in your shoes too who at first are just not interested at all. They're, they're thinking, why do I need a coach? I remember before I got trained you know, 11 years ago when somebody invited me to something that had anything to do with it. I was like, life coach, like what executive coach, what, what is this joke of a, of a snake oil salesman or something? Kind of thing. <laughs> and I don't know what that is, but um, I could probably break it down. But I'm, I'm wondering most specifically for you, you know, what do you think that was just for fun? Just so people that are listening that might resonate with that, of that hesitancy up front. You know, I think, I think that people aren't willing to admit that they can't push themselves to where they need to be to accomplish what they are going for. Yeah. I think that there, obviously there are people that are epically successful yeah. that have that ability. And maybe that's how they were raised. Maybe that's something that they stumbled on. But I think the average person is comfortable in just the everyday path, like following the directions and you know, expecting advancement when you have advancement, whether that be a life thing or a career thing. I, I don't think a lot of people are willing to basically step out to the point of failure. Uh, I think that's that's really what it all comes down to, which is you know what I talked to you guys about forever was fear of failure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, that's it. Is I, I I was unwilling to to push myself to that brink, and I also didn't know that I I wasn't already. Yeah. And then, and I think that's, that's such a huge thing is because it is a rigor, right? So there obviously there's usually a financial investment involved. I think sometimes the thing that people are more resistant to is the actual time and energy it takes to press beyond the, your, your comfort zone. And then there was something that obviously switched in you because you came into the call with me originally thinking, I'm not interested in this, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, Maggie seems to have her life somewhat in order. And so you gave it a shot and 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 there was something in that that question around you know what would a ten look like and then and then we define what a ten is and then you, and I say okay what if that was ten was a two something kind of must have broken open in you because you signed up to to work with me and I know the investment was was significant so what do you, what do you think really took place in that moment where you did a essentially a one eighty from like not interested to I want in what do you think happened in that moment like what was the yeah what was that thin slice. You know, I think the idea of the the idea that maybe I was not pushing myself as far, like I like I said yep. just a second ago, but the idea of doing it with somebody and to have somebody along on that journey. Uh, I mean, I played sports basically for as long as I can remember. I played plenty of sports until I got cut from the the team. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> until there was a tryout I didn't make, I played a sport. <laughs> yeah. So the aspect of like teamwork, you know, I think really kind of drew me in and the idea that that it you know it was it was pe multiple people pushing together because we even talked about like you know like you said investment was a concern for me we talked about you know group coaching situations or possibilities where like I could be with like two or three other people and I think those are really interesting but as somebody that had never done coaching and was already kind of like oh I don't know if this is a thing like the idea of being with strangers and then trying to open up on that level yep made me more interested in going, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. But 
I think it's the the idea that you were going to go along on the ride with me. I think that really yeah. sold me over. I didn't know there was a ride to go on, which is obviously the most important part. But then the fact that there'd be a partner on that is, uh, you know, obviously why why we we work together. Yeah, what I hear in what you're describing, we might be jumping ahead a lot as well, but there's that segment of things that we know we know, right? And then there's the section of things that we know we don't know. And actually, we're like really comfortable in there. Like if you're like, yeah, there's a mountain that I could climb, right? Like, (laughs) and like it's almost a guarantee that you won't. Yeah. But as soon as you like start to make a foray into like, there are the things that I don't even know I don't know. And you're like, Oh, I want to. I want to go there, but I'm not going to go alone. Yeah, right. Like, and, and that's that's what I hear you describing there. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I love that. And and uh, honestly, Travis, every time I do that exercise myself to myself, because um, every almost every training we do with a company, we do that exercise. And if I'm not the one delivering that section, I actually do the work myself. And sometimes even before, if I am delivering that section of the training. I'll actually run myself through it the day before because I want to feel the burn of that. Every single time um, I'm going through it, I'm thinking, man, it's just like when you're doing squats on leg day and it's just like, why do I do these? They burn. (laughs) It just hurts. But there's a reason for it. And like you said, it's um, what we say is you can't do surgery on yourself or you certainly can't do brain surgery on yourself. And so that's where coaching comes in. Um, And so so let's let's pivot a little bit. So you so you work with me, we do six months. And I want to say there was roughly maybe a year, 12 to 18 months before I introduced you to Joseph. And so what I'm what I'm interested in, what then caused you to want to re-engage? So we had six months, lots of great ROI, which we can circle back on, but I'm interested, was it was it a similar process in engaging Joseph as it was engaging me, but now you kind of knew, or was it a totally different thing? I think what happened was I tried to, like we were talking about climbing the mountain, I tried to climb the mountain by myself. I felt like I had this like massive change. I mean, I obviously had a massive change in in how I operated in my life and and my business working with David. And I felt like I needed to digest that and understand like what I had just gone through. And so I set out on my own. Yep. I approached a lot of things differently, but there was still some advancement that I felt like I just I missed the push. And you know, and yeah. that was like that's my favorite part of you know, the, the calls, whether they're weekly or monthly or whatever you people are doing is, is that like at the end, the, the like, okay, well, you know, like, what are you going to do next week? That's going to like make a difference or like, why didn't you do the thing this week that, that held you back? Like, what was the problem though? I, I was missing that, like that push and that, in that person there to basically, I'm going to say, hold myself accountable. And Joseph's going to say that he, he's going to interrupt and say that, I hold myself accountable and he's there to like be yeah, a sounding right. board. That's right. But uh, and that's what I was missing was, was my, my partner. Yeah. And uh, I, I felt like I'd, I'd hit a wall. I felt like I made a lot of progress, but the mountain was getting steeper and I, I wanted some backup again. Yeah. And there is something to that where it's just, even if you showed up with somebody and, and shared your results from the week, there is something that's valuable about that. And that's why I think like a lot of times like either mastermind groups or, things like that work as well as just when you have to show up and give account of what you accomplished or what you didn't accomplish. And somebody else's, at least one other person on the planet knows you did or didn't do something uh, is really a powerful uh, thing. Um, so that, oh, yeah. that's really oh, great. Yeah. So how long have you been working with Joseph now? I worked with Joseph about a, about a year. It was, it was about nine months total. 
we're currently not working together and we got to some mountain peaks that were really clear, really outside your intuitive fence, outside of what you thought was possible. And then you were like, I want to take a break again. Which yeah, like right. is really normal. Like yes. really, like I want to. I want to be really clear. Like that's we like that. That's great. Knowing that you are like in the work. Knowing that when you have that that tingly sense that hey, I like I have a new I, like I'm done being on the plateau and I'm ready to climb again. You know where to find it and you know where to get to it. Like in our relationship, we built that trust. Um, so that there wasn't any of that kind of like neediness about like, oh, no, Travis isn't, doesn't want to continue. Like, did I do something wrong? I, I don't have that. Maybe you do. And you just haven't told me yet. And this would be a great time to do that, wouldn't it? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> do you have any feedback for Joseph? <laughs> I love it. So one of the things I always like to circle rack around is there there ends up being, hopefully, uh, in a coaching relationship, there's what we would call goal line results as well as soul line results. So goal line results would be tangible financial ROI. Could be that you finish an Ironman. It could be something like that where it's very tangible, like easy on paper to see. I hire Joseph to help me make a million dollars and I made a million dollars, right? Something like that. <laughs> um, and, and then there's soul line ones, which which sometimes are, are just as great or even greater. It just depends on what those things were, where it's it might have saved somebody's marriage or it might have helped uh, a business partnership turn itself around, which does sometimes lead to a, a goal line result, but oftentimes it's very soul line as well. So I'd love to, Travis, to have you just share, and Joseph, feel free to pipe in as well, but what were some of the bigger, and you can categorize it in either category, just as it comes to mind for you, Travis, what were some of the goal line results that you hit with either me or Joseph that you were really thrilled with that that really lit you up. Also, what were some of the soul line achievements that you achieved in the coaching? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple really big goal line ones. Uh, it's actually funny, about three hours before this, I kind of, I hit a milestone. When, when I was working with Joseph, one of the things that we were doing was I was starting a podcast. And yeah. I committed to doing one a week yes. for 52 weeks. And I just recorded episode 52 literally like yeah, three hours did. ago. So the fact that we're doing this right now is pretty awesome. So that was a big goal line thing to get the podcast started and to to commit to doing that and then to have just fulfilled that is uh, obviously amazing. And for you guys to be here is, is dope as well. And that goes right in line with a soul line because I think for me, there was a big like level of accountability. So to like carry that out and then to say like, this is something I'm going to do, like I'm going to deliver an episode every Wednesday for the people that want to hear it, no matter the size of that audience. And that's what I did. So I, I feel like I've learned a lot about commitment and accountability by closing that out. My experience of you when you were setting that vision for yourself was like, I want to create a thing. I want to share stories from music industry professionals about like, hey, they didn't get here by accident. They came here through like hard, arduous journeys. And like, if people hear that, like that, that's its own product that's worth existing in the world. And then you were also like, I need a discipline. Like, I need to change this aspect of my character that holds itself accountable. And you like, you just figure it out. Like, I'm going to marry these two. And so when, when one didn't work, the other one kind of went into action, right? So when you were like, uh, am I getting guests, you know, like lined <laughs> up, you were like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm committed. And then on the other side of like, hey, I don't need the commitment because like, like I've got five people who are like really excited to be on the show and all this, the good feedback is coming in because the stories itself are worth it. And so it was just like really beautiful system that you created 
that was aimed at both right your character development and a, a real thing that exists in the world yeah and i mean i i should say that the you know the podcast it's the culmination of my work with david and and with joseph it's the things that i see in the music industry as a negative the things that i fought with or avoided that that you guys helped bring to the forefront and i want to share that with people and so that was the kind of the inspiration behind the whole thing. So the, even the fact that I have a podcast is due to you guys. So yeah, let me peek out of the hood a little bit there, Travis. So like what I love to ask people is like, what is it, what does it mean to you to, to have just done the 52nd episode? And, and really, what does it mean to you? You know, you now have like a bonafide podcast. You didn't just rip off like three or four episodes and quit. What does that mean to you when you go to bed at night, you get up in the morning and you share with people that you like, you have a podcast. That's, that's, that's pretty great. And it's no easy feat to do that. What, is, what does that mean uh, to you? Well, I've been thinking about that a lot because the last episode of my podcast is actually just, it's going to be what I learned. So I just, I did, I did technically did mm. episode 51 this morning and episode 52 is just me. But one of the things that I've learned is by doing this, I feel like I can do anything. You know, I've had uncountable numbers of brainstorms and ideas and starts and failures, good and bad. You know, you learn from all of them. But this is the one time that I've developed something, decided that I was going to do it, and then executed, I would say, 100% on this. And so now it feels like the next idea is it's just another thing. It's like, well, we did that and now we're doing that. So what are we going to do next? Yeah. And so for me, that's kind of the biggest thing is I feel empowered to just knock out whatever comes next. Yeah. That's awesome. Just for fun. Do you have an idea of like what, what is next? Are there some, some of the things that can, and can you share them? <laughs> well, I, the podcast is going to continue. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to have a YouTube component to it. And then I have another mm. I'm, I'm, there's another business model that I'm working on for nice. something else, uh, music audio related. That if it was closer, I would tell you. But uh, you know, yep. it's, it, it, I'm, I'm working it. I'm working it. It's but, all good. Yeah. It's all good. I, I'm familiar with NDAs and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so I, I almost always have to ask people like, "Hey, can you share about what you're working on?" And almost always it's no, which I, is fun with the mystery of things. Um, and it usually means you're up to something fun that you just don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet so somebody steals your great ideas right yes yeah i have um, a few of those as as well i mean i think joseph and i sat there on david too like you know name out some of your dream clients yeah. and yeah. uh and uh you know i i knocked one off the list and i can't i can't talk about it but you know yeah. the, the fact that That's i knocked really one off cool. the list is is pretty good i'm pretty yeah, happy but you about can't that. talk about it I can't. Yeah. That's that's how high up the dream list it was. I can't that, talk about it. That's that's the best. <laughs> that's really fun. I, I don't want to breeze past that moment because a lot of times what we like to say is, you know, to think of a year out or two year two years out, and what is it you want to do in a year from now or two years from now that you literally thought would be impossible, and and it ends up being like a Tuesday, and that's <laughs> that's the most fun that that oftentimes we just don't we really don't believe that that's possible. And it's usually this narrative and story we create to justify why we don't go after it. Right. It's like, I can't even imagine saying this person's name out of my mouth that I would get to work with, you know, Justin Bieber or something like that, you know, like, right. and then, you know, you never know. Right. And you just never know. And it's like, but if you never utter those words or you never dream of this idea of working with somebody that, that you, it really deeply inspires you, and we do this around the around the coaching firm where where we'll talk with each other about hey if I could introduce you to anybody that you'd love to work with like no filter 
who would it be? Right. And I've heard people yeah. say, I love to work with JJ Abrams. I want to talk to Andrew Stanton at Pixar. I want to talk to Michael Jordan or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, yeah, there's a good chance that will never happen. Right. There, there is like, this is a potential reality. Yeah. And why not? Cause then it, then it might actually happen. And it's like, the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't happen. It's like, okay, well I said it and it didn't happen. Yeah. And there's zero chance of it happening if you never talk about it. Right. So yeah. like you, you just increase the probability by a pretty significant factor just by outing yourself on it. And so, yeah, I remember when you started the podcast and like we had that kind of grind that like there was the getting into the habit, getting to the rhythm, staying committed. And then it started to, to just like work itself. And then you shifted your focus to these dream clients and then it was back into the grind again, back into the doubt, back into the like, uh, like the broken commitments, which we love broken commitments. But like, I want to bring that up because I think it, it's it's such a valuable experience to to like what you, what you did. And I, I loved working with you because of this is that you would get a thing going and then shift and be like, oh, no, I'm a beginner again, like like right away. And then stay with it. And so now here you are like, so to hear you talk about, Hey, you actually landed one of your dream clients, like is incredible because you started that after getting your podcast to a great place where you could kind of let it go and take care of itself. And then you just said, all right, what's the next mountain? Yeah. 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 I mean, that I, I attribute, you know, just all of that to, to you guys, the, you know, just to, to recognize that there is a, like another step up that can be taken and to not wait and expect someone to like bring that step to you, I think yeah. is, uh, you know, uh, one of the powerful things I took away from, from both of you guys. It's really good. So then to, to kind of shift the notes. So we talked about goal line, if I, if I'm accurate and then, and then what, what soul line stuff has meant a lot to you through the coaching in terms of, you know, being married to Maggie, uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a child on the way. Sometimes I love to dip into that, that personal side of things as well, because sometimes it's great to help people hit their business objectives. And a lot of us at the firm coach executives and people who are, you know, having big financial gains or whatever, in terms of their work or getting promotions, which is absolutely wonderful. And we love that. And I love to see what that does to a person's personal side of their life and what that means to them. How have you seen that impact things there? It could still be business answers in terms of soul line stuff. Cause it, it can be things that has been have been deeply meaningful to you. Yeah, how's it showed up in terms of soul line stuff? Uh, I mean, soul line for me, I, th- I think the the thing that I battled with the most, and I definitely I think more so in my time with Joseph, is work life balance. I mean, David and I did a, a bit of this, but the the way that I was like approaching coaching with David, it was it was very ROI, it was very business. And then once I kind of wrapped my head around that kind of stuff, when when I got to working with Joseph. We definitely had a lot more personal stuff. There was definitely moments. I think I apologized once and said, I'm sorry, you're not a therapist and you just had to listen to that. But, you know, (laughs) um, so work-life balance is really what we worked on in that. And I think that, you know, it it, it goes back to the accountability and the commitment stuff and to like to show up and, and say to Joseph that like, hey, I wasn't present, you know, with my wife or I worked past 6 p.m. like three days in a row. That was the stuff that was really, really hard to admit, much more difficult to admit than like, you know, I didn't send this many emails or I didn't do this or whatever, like whatever 
a lot of my my goals were over. I, I need to have like numbers and check boxes. <laughs> That's just the kind of person right. I am. So I was like this many, this many. But uh, so that stuff was amazingly helpful to me, and I still fight that stuff. But I am able to see when I am going down the road now. When I'm on the bad path of going on the work bender. And, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with this, even in the corporate executive world. I mean, there is like, you're trying to meet numbers, you're trying to take things to the next level. It's a little bit different in music because like, it's your, it's your passion, not that business isn't a passion, but it's like, it's my favorite thing to do. So like, I, I would mix records and, and make music 24 hours a day. So it's difficult to find that balance. And it's, it was tough to do that and i'm still struggling with that as you can see by my answer you guys are both going to give me uh, give me hell right now i can feel it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all this good. is it's a all podcast good. not a coaching call that's right that's <laughs> not right. yet just joseph what do you any follow-up questions to that with travis i would love to hear uh just a little bit about like how did you get to identifying that as something you wanted to grow in like why did that matter why did you put yourself on the hook for that kind of growth? Uh, it mattered to me because I could see that I was, I was not always being the person that I should be for my wife. And I, I think one of the things I've struggled with a, for a lot of my life is definitely I am never first. My clients, my clients are first. My, uh, you know, my personal life is second. And it, it took a minute to understand that I was I was letting my uh, my relationship be part of my personal life, as opposed to making sure that that was ahead. If that makes sense, and that's you know we kind of work worked through a lot of that. But yeah, that's you know the short answer is that I recognized that I wasn't being the best for her when I was like going out on a limb to be the best I could for other people. And really, in the end, you know, she's the only person that I should be going out on that limb for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, well, and and because you know we're we're such advocates of relationships, right? And it's like if you have all the business success in the world, but you don't have relationships with the people that mean the most to you, for us, that's, that's really it matters a lot. And we love working with clients where that's a pulse that they have, where it's like, hey, I want to be able to have a great you know, business and professional life, but also have a fantastic life with the family or the things that matter to me most at home as well. And not one to the neglect of the other, which is something people oftentimes, it's such a, such a common phrase in our culture where it's like, well, you, you just can't have, a, you can't have it all. You can't have either choose to make money or you choose to ha be a great family person. Yeah. And so our thing is, well, why does it have to be that way? And what, what would it take to actually have both of those things at the same time? Um, and maybe that means you're, mildly less successful at business or something like that, but it, but it's more meaningful versus getting all of, um, you know, everything you can and not, you know, not having a family life. I remember reading this crazy article about this guy. I don't know if you guys ever came across this, but there's this really crazy article, this guy from South Africa, he was on a, a fishing trip on this. It must've been a decent size, like fishing vessel in, I believe it was off the coast of like India somewhere. And they're doing this fishing trip and and before the fishing trip, he'd eaten this calzone that apparently was was rotten. <laughs> so he gets like this horrendous food poisoning. 
And to the point where he's like heaving over the side. And at one point during the night, he was like, if I throw up again, I, I literally think I'm going to die. Like it was just that bad. It was that horrible. Next thing he knows, he's over. He's thrown up over the side of the boat and he passes out and he falls into the water. And uh, this comes around full circle, I promise. Um, he passes out, <laughs> falls in the water. And because it was the middle of the night, nobody knew that he'd fell in. And so off goes the boat. And here's this guy. As soon as he hits the water, he wakes up and he's like, the boat's gone. And so here he is. And I think he spends like 24 or some hours. I think he wrote a book in it. There's a really good article, but I think he wrote a book. And basically, wow. long story short, he survives. And it was crazy out there for like 24 hours. There's like birds dive bombing him and like sharks circle. It was like nuts. And he was like, you know, he had been a very successful businessman. And all he said was, he's like, man, as I was sitting there in the water, all I wanted, I didn't want to make more business deals. I didn't want to, you know, get a bigger promotion. I didn't want to start another business. I just wanted to kick the soccer ball with my son in my backyard. Yeah. And I just thought, I was like, man, isn't that, isn't that something? It takes us, you know, 24 hours in the open ocean to, to remember the things that are deeply meaningful to us. Um, so I love that. I yeah. would love to ask as well, a couple more questions. One of them being, what are some of the greater challenges you faced, Travis? Like, is there any times you wanted to quit coaching with me or Joseph? Is there things that came up where you're like, man, I just don't want to do this. This is too difficult. When you put yourself on the hook for something, times you wanted to quit the podcast and wonder why you committed to this darn thing. Oh, man. Uh, no, no, no. No, I, okay. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely... You just gave two coaches a challenge. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> Cause I can add some color there. Uh, well, I remember there were some times when your commitment was to, to like get to that next level or next tier of client. Right. Yeah. And so you, you had some really specific metrics about like what artists you want to be mixing? Like, who do you want to get your fingerprints on their music? And and one, a lot of it was not just like the amount of listens or their platform, but it's like, how do they treat their music? That was a big part of it. And, and I remember kind of having a, a repeating conversation around like, do I really need to go this like after these people? Cause I could er honestly earn my bread and butter for like the rest of my life with these repeat clients that I'm kind of complaining about or like, and on and on, like you, there was this hedging that would happen. And then, and then we would like coach around it and you would yeah. make commitments and then you would like make progress. And I want to encourage you to, to reflect on that if, if you remember it, because if you're like, you're full, you know, then this conversation's over because <laughs> I think a lot of people are there, right? Like, as you start to go out of your comfort zone, you're like, whoa, 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 actually, I think I could make this work still. And like, I'm okay with an eight out of 10 life, like totally normal. But if you could shed some of your personal reflection on that, I think it could be really valuable. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yes, obviously there are things that I wanted to quit coaching overall was, was never, that was never one of them. I yeah. know what you're getting at is, is I think a lot of my approach to kind of growing my client base. Those were the things that I really pushed back on either to you or with myself on like, Hey, this isn't working. And then it's, you know, it's like, since then I think, None of that has ever creeped into the podcast, you know, whether the podcast had good numbers and bad numbers. There was some point where Apple was reporting numbers incorrectly and I had my best month ever and then basically everything cut in half, like nobody cared anymore. Mm. And that was tough, but still then, even then, I didn't, I didn't consider quitting the podcast. 
I, I think because you and I worked through all those other things that they don't give you immediate results. Like reaching out to a hundred artists and saying that like you love their music doesn't mean that I'm going to mix a track for any of them. Right. And it's like, you get mm-hmm. all those question marks, you get all those no's going through that and understanding that it doesn't matter if you get a no, it doesn't matter if there's silence and then seeing the com- like the compounding gains of, you know, your career grow and realizing that it's all part of the journey. I think, you know, I had to go through that, those moments of like, why did I agree to do this, Joseph? Like this isn't working. <laughs> and you'd be like, well, let's, you know, let's come up with something else that will work, which was one of my favorite parts about working with you is you were like able to go back and forth between like, let's brainstorm with Travis for a minute to then jump back to, okay, so let's push Travis now that he's got some ideas in his head. And so, so yes, there are numerous things that I debated quitting and pushed back on, but you pushing me through all those things has gotten me to the point where they don't bother me. When somebody says they don't want to come on the podcast, it doesn't bother me. When the the yeah. downloads are lower this week than last week. It doesn't bother me because I know that there are people out there that want to listen to it. There are people that want to come on the show. You just keep asking somebody else. And and yeah, I attribute my, um, I don't want to say stubborn stubbornness to not care. It's horrible. Now it resilience. resilience. Yeah, it's the word. You always had the good words. I, I attribute my, <laughs> my resilience to uh to like going through and like fighting with you on that one because you know you always <laughs> you always push push back every time I was like, I, this isn't working. And you're like, you've only done it for a week. And I'm like, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I've exhausted all the opportunities out there. It's not working, you know, and in a week. It's something else, you know, like I said, the podcast is kind of inspired by you guys. And every week I, in the podcast, I talk about something that I think is some kind of like growth-oriented mindset thing or productivity hack, something that has helped me or I think could help somebody else. And that's like a, that's like a weekly checkup. It's like having a call with you guys because I have to remind myself that whatever I'm going to tell somebody, you know, I, I have to also like try my best to, to practice that as well. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of, uh, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of coaching from, from just, that show and just getting the constant refreshers of the compounding gains of just putting the work in, you know? Yeah. I love That's that. Great. So just, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to, I'm going to answer it myself first, but it did give you a chance to think about it is like, what was your, I love to say like, what was your favorite thing about working with Travis? I'll, I'll go first in terms of working with Travis is, you know, Travis, one of my favorite things about working with you was, when it comes to some of the goals of like working with people that you wanted to work with, even back when we were, were, were coaching together, for whatever reason, it's, it's no small feat to even, again, utter those words out of your mouth to say, I want to work with XYZ person or whatever, right? And, and, and it's, it, it definitely can beg the response from people of like, who do you think you are? Like, you can't just march in here and, you know, work with Beyonce or whatever, right? Or, you know, wh- whoever <laughs> that is. Yet, you know, like, you think about all the, the people who have, been revolutionary in our world or innovative or pioneers, you know, they were the ones that actually did that. Like I, I you know, I, I think I can figure out how to make a light bulb. I feel like I can make, figure out how to make a car. I feel like I can figure out how to win 20 grand slam titles, but like it, it's the people that do that, but it's also, there's such a, I don't know what there is, is that, that terror in our spirit that comes up when I, when I think that I can do something like that and actually work with the people that really inspire me and they'd want to work with me and I would inspire them and things like that. That was one of my favorite things about working with you, Travis was, just the willingness to like go one step further towards these crazy dreams that you should not be having, right? <laughs> but you keep doing it anyways. And I, and I love that. Um, 
So that was really fun. Joseph, how about you? Yeah, it, I, I would say it's similar. I would call it a hunger. Um, and for somebody, and, and if you hang out with Travis or if you just spend time with him, he's a really chill, easy guy. So it's, it's surprising just to recognize how hungry he is. And I think this is why the podcast exists. I think this is why he's agreed to just like share himself in all these ways is like one of your chronic complaints was around like, Hey, nobody will talk about their personal growth with me. Like, Mm. like my friends aren't into this as much as I am into this or, (laughs) and and she was like, what do I, how do I make this happen? And you've made a podcast to talk about these mindset tools that matter to you and that you think are good for humans you talk, you wanted to bring people on to share their stories of their growth so that they reflect and say like, oh, wow, yeah, I took risks. I was uncomfortable. I sucked at something before I was good at it. To like share that, that thing that, that's like a fire burning inside you and you found a way to like, to let it shine is really, that, that, that's like really a, a typical of what I saw all throughout our, our coaching relationship. And it, like it came through in your, your client work too, when you were, you know, you, you got really serious about kind of backing yourself. I think w- one of the things, the ways in which we moved toward those strategies you were talking about, like, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to hundred people. I'm going to reach out to whatever. It didn't just happen because you did it. It happened because you shifted beliefs and you were saying, people would be really lucky to work with me for X, Y, and Z reason. And that, that's not, that you're not saying that to people. You just stood in that belief so that you, it enabled you to, do, to, to reach out freely and be like, I love your work. I love my work. Do we want to talk? So watching you shift into that ability to back yourself and say, like, you're not, you're not a scrub. Like, you know how to mix music really well. You know what makes a song pop. That was a turning point for me. And I think if I'm going to make a connection to what you just said about how like you can take a lot of no's, I think it's because you like, you really grounded into that reality or that, and, and belief about yourself. It helped you take a lot of risks. And so I love, I love working with clients that are like, yeah, I'm down for it. Let me, let let me try. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that from both of you guys. Of course. Of course. Um, And, and then the final question, uh, Travis would be, you know, if somebody's, Think that you know somebody's in a place where you were, where you're like, oh, I'm not interested in coaching, um, or somebody's even even on the fence. What would you say to a person like that, having been on both sides of that fence of not interested, very interested, having worked with a coach, a couple of different coaches? What would you say to people like that, where where they're just kind of like uncertain about this, like why would I invest my time, energy, and money in this type of thing? What I would say is that you you have to. This is going to be a strange analogy. When you're a kid, you have parents and they expose you to things. They're like, hey, here's a soccer ball. Do you like this? Here's a piano. Do you like that? You know, whatever. And, and it's, they, they give you these opportunities to experience something that might change your life, right? Or that will bring you joy. I think when you hit a certain point, you have to do that to yourself. You might have a significant other. You might still have some family, but you reach an age where like you're probably going to push back because you know better because you're an adult now and you, you know best for you. And I think that if you're, you should continue to embrace the idea that there are things out there that can change your life and you have to give them a try. So I think if you're considering coaching, then you probably need it. 
Because if there's anything I learned <laughs> from you two is it's like the thing that you're kind of avoiding is always the thing that you should at least be looking at seriously. So, you know, and that's a common thread of what I've taken away from working with both Joseph and David is that to continue learning. And this is just another opportunity to learn a skill that will maybe save your marriage. Maybe it will. My marriage was never in jeopardy. I should say that because my wife will listen to this. Uh, maybe it will save your marriage. <laughs> maybe it will build a relationship with your kids. Maybe it will make you more money. Maybe you'll quit your job and you'll go into a whole different career. Like this is an opportunity to explore something. And I think that you should give it justice the same way you tried kicking a soccer ball when your mom or dad gave it to you. That's I mean, I love the analogy. It helps. It really brings it home um, in terms of exposing things that that uh, might really light your fire. And and that's like what we hunt for with with clients is what really lights them up, right? Professionally, personally, goal line, soul line. What's the thing that gets them out of bed? I read a book one time called Ten Percent Happier, right? And the whole idea of the guy was like, well, hey, if if you knew you could be ten percent happier, would you would you want that? And you know, it's like who would say no to that, yeah. right? That's really great, Travis. I really appreciate that. Um, so that, that's all I've got for us today. Uh, Joseph, any final comments or thoughts? Or I love working with Travis. If you need uh, you know, audio engineering, he's your guy, 100%. <laughs> yeah. You could probably uh, not find anybody who will care for your music as much. And it was great to do this with you again and with you on the other side of the seat. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I love that we got to, we all got to get together, especially after I, you know, hit a milestone. So the, the chances of, yeah. of it being on the same day. So I'm stoked to see both That's of you and, and you guys both have huge impact on me. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, signing off for, for Travis, Joseph and, and myself, David, I hope you enjoyed listening to this and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.